You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang, and thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode because you guys... It's episode 100. What the crazy? How am I even here? How is this happening? I don't know how we have reached this incredible milestone. Um, First of all, I just need to thank everybody because this is basically going to be an episode of gratitude. Um, It's just mind boggling to me that I've had 100 (laughs) conversations, some with myself, uh, to share and put out in the world with you. And thank you to anybody who listened and supported my Patreon and who sent me words of encouragement, who was a guest on this freaking show and and took the time out of their day to sit with me and share space with me and be honest and vulnerable and real on air to help put something positive and enlightening and inspiring and thought-provoking out into the world. It is just insane. Um... I started this podcast, this is really bad, I don't even remember the date, it was my birthday, I think, Um, my birthday of 2017, which is already almost three years ago, and I started, first of all, based on the encouragement of Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer, who I always think at the end of each episode, Um, and for those of you who've been following along and know me in my life, Marvin has been a ride-or-die partner in good um, at Collaboration. And we had been hosting Collabcast together, which was a podcast focused on sharing the stories of Asian-American creatives. And so that was really my first foray into podcasting. The most hilarious anecdote out of that is that I... When Marvin approached me and said, hey, let's do a podcast, I went off at him and told him how I have nothing to say and that I don't understand how I could talk for an hour. And I think I took about an hour to tell him that I have nothing to say for an hour. So clearly I was on to something, but really Marvin was on to something. And he gave me so much encouragement and persistent, uh, relentless Marvin style encouragement, which is not overbearing and it's not even particularly enthusiastic. He just kind of like tosses it on the table like, hey, you should do a podcast. Why don't you do one? You have lots of thoughts and feelings. You're always lecturing me about relationships. Why don't you talk about it on a podcast? And eventually, you know, because I'm fortunate enough to have such good people in my life who freaking look out for me, who see something in me, see potential and really nurture that and encourage that and give me space and time to come to terms with it on my own. That's how we are here. Um, So yeah, I just need to thank Marvin at the very, very top as one of the first people to thank for having this whole thing exist. In general, I didn't see myself as somebody who had the authority to speak on a lot of things. I have lots of thoughts and opinions, clearly. Um, I've had a lot of very colorful experiences, a lot of intense emotions, a lot of um, really cool milestones and um, achievements that I just genuinely wanted to share and put my voice out there as an additional 
uh, thought bubble and an additional potential, you know, person to make somebody think or feel good and feel better and understood and seen. Um, and that's really what the whole intention was behind starting this. And really in 2017, I remember the landscape being something really, really different than it was now. Still at the time, uh, there were very few women podcast hosts. Now there's, I think, it's pretty equal, I imagine. Um, but at the time, I think it was a two-to-one ratio. I did a really quick survey where I was in a podcast group on Facebook, literally tallying the male-to-female hosts, and it was pretty clearly a two-to-one ratio. Um, two-thirds of the hosts were men and one-third were women. And out of that, I think probably 20% of the women in that were women of color. So, um, And a lot of them were not like younger than... 35, maybe maybe younger than 40. A lot of them were older professional women who were talking about their real estate agencies or um, being a doctor and, and mental health, which is all incredible. But I was kind of really looking at, and maybe it was just that particular Facebook group, so please don't judge my data. But in that group of people, I tallied several hundred people and I was kind of shocked at you know, the lack of younger voices, younger female women of color voices that could talk about relationships and dating. I mean, every movie and every love song, everything we listen to on the radio and watch on TV is related to relationships and life journey and identity and overcoming obstacles. Like, why is this not there? So I was really excited to participate in that and wildly intimidated, really, really scared but I'm really glad I took the plunge. And um, I do remember at the time I had a life coach. So shout out to Abe Heisler. Uh, He was an amazing friend and a really great catalyst to helping me be myself and be vulnerable and be bold in the way that I had already vocalized very thoroughly to him that I wanted to be, but I was flinching on. Um, So that the genesis of this podcast was really definitely its own journey in coming to fruition from an idea. And if there's anything in that one story and that one anecdote that can plant a seed in anybody else who's interested in creating content or blog or podcasts or YouTube videos or what have you, or even just honestly being more open and yourself and vulnerable on your own Instagram, like that is still something I very much struggle with. And everyone who's listened to first of all knows how much I brought up social media and how much of a topic that is in terms of how we view ourselves and how we view the world. And um, I think just driving more authenticity and driving more honesty about who we are, what we look like when we wake up, what we actually look like when we work out, um, what our real thoughts and feelings are, just like sharing truth. If there's, if that's something that I can contribute to in a positive way, I feel like I'll have done something really, really excellent. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really should have like cataloged all the guests, but I've had so many incredibly eloquent and brilliant people, good friends of mine, my own family, um, really key people in my life that have kind of shaped me and, and transformed me in you know irreversible ways are all documented on this podcast. And that alone is super, super sacred and precious to me. Um, so again, for anybody who's interested in making a podcast and is really just thinking about how to monetize and how to reach an audience, honestly, if you do it just for yourself, I think that's a big enough win just to document conversations with friends. It's really, really priceless. Like it's a time capsule. You can hear, 
you can hear personalities and you can hear love like through the airways and it's just really kind of magical. Um, but to the theme of this hopefully shorter episode is uh, about taking flight. Now, everyone that's been following along <laughs> the last 99 episodes, uh, I've heard feedback from the listeners that they've noticed a great deal of evolving and change and growth in me. And that blows my mind. And again, thank you for anybody who sent those words of encouragement because this the beginning of this year has been really, really hard um, dealing with a breakup and really um, facing a lot of myself that had been buried very, very deep and set aside and procrastinated on and just I was terrified for so many reasons to face. It has been it has been very, very taxing and it's been really exhausting. But what I can say is that it's been 100 percent worth it. Um. I guess a couple updates of what has been happening in my life um, in the last several days is a couple trips that I think really helped provide a lot of perspective through experience and through intentions. One of them was with my co-founder, James Yoon, who is a childhood friend that I've known since I was really young, um, who's seen me in a lot of variations of being like a crybaby little girl getting bullied by her big brother um, to college years and then, you know, through my 20s and being confused and ridiculous. And then now in th- our 30s, we are going to be launching a company pretty soon um, that I've been working on for the last several months that I'm I'm getting more and more excited about. Honestly, to be honest, I was really terrified about and we'll cover that in another podcast episode but um we had met up to do a retreat um to and again the retreat just meant setting time aside it wasn't in any specific location honestly we're just going to find a cafe and and work on our company to establish the foundation on which we're going to build everything um and that goes to like the values it goes to the structure it goes to the partnership and what are expectations down the line and investors and the product itself um so that was kind of like the homework task at hand and when he got to LA um from the bay to sit down with me and talk about this company he knew that I was going through this really really rough time in my life that I was emotionally just all over the place. And um, we decided on on a whim to go out to Death Valley. Now, going out to Death Valley was, I felt like it was a seed that was planted months prior because I really, for those of you who don't know, have not caught on to how many times I've mentioned this, I freaking love the desert. Um, I've always kind of touted myself to be a beach bomb and I love hiking. I love the mountains, but moving to Southern California was an introduction to Joshua Tree to the desert. And um, I cannot express how much peace that I find in the desert in its complete and utter silence um, and how expansive it is and how just in its own beautiful way, how empty it is, how bare and pure it is. Um, So we decided to go to Death Valley. And uh, in the process of that, we're going to address the company stuff and, and really build, you know, what it was going to be, but also let the universe, because we're going full woo-woo, we're going spiritual, like, (laughs) to the high heavens, and allow the universe to talk to us. And, um, you know, just at the emotional state and the mental state that I was in, I I desperately needed the universe to talk to me, because I felt so lost, 
so confused, really disappointed with myself. And uh, Death Valley just honestly sounded like the best place to go. When I looked at the map, um, I wanted, my intention going to this place was to have my ego die. A lot of what I've been struggling with has been battling my own freaking ego. The expectations that I've set for others, for myself, the pride that I have in like just beating myself up over things that don't need to be so like so intensely punished um and then translated from myself to others uh just pain and trauma and things that and anger so 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 much anger that I've been carrying around and all this pain and this guilt and this shit like so much guilt and shame so much disappointment and so much fear I cannot I cannot emphasize how much fear I have coursing through my body um, at any given moment. I wanted that part of me as much as humanly possible to die. So in researching Death Valley, um, I found that there in Death Valley, there was a place called Badwater Basin. And Badwater Basin is a salt flat. Um, there's another place like in Salt Lake City where the salt, Great Salt Lakes, um, there are salt flats where the all the water has dried up and all that remains is salt and it's crusty and beautiful and um, just, I don't know, something about salt is very, uh, it gets, so, it's so pure, um, you know, people get embalmed in salt. I don't know. You use it to preserve things. It reminds me of tears. Um, but Badwater Basin is a salt flat that is actually the lowest point in North America. It's almost $300, $300 feet below sea level. Um, and so symbolically, I don't know, I just felt like God was talking to me and I was like, that's the place I need to go and I need to be there and I need to shut up. I need to sit and pray and let my ego die. I need to meditate. I need to cry. I need to do whatever I need to do <laughs> to to let that part of me go. Um, so longer story short, we went to Death Valley, um, got to Badwater Basin. It was certainly beautiful. It was, um, a lot of quiet processing. I think again, environment can really shift your perspective. Um, and another part of my intentions in going there was to feel as tiny and as insignificant as possible because I think what I had been feeling, the enormity of all of the emotions I was grappling with and the despair that I was feeling and the brokenness that I was feeling and the fear that I was feeling, the problems felt larger than life. And I know, logically speaking, in my own mind that I am not that big of a deal, right? That these are, you know, you can minimize them to the, like, oh, these are first world problems. This is not a big deal. But there's part of me that just wanted to honor the enormity of all those feelings while also gaining perspective. So that's why I felt, you know, being at a place like Badwater Basin in the middle of Death Valley um, could help me gain that perspective. And it 100,000% did um, to feel that small under a sky that like has no end under stars that are like, again, I live in L.A. There's tons of light pollution. We don't get to see starry skies the way that they actually exist in other parts of the world. And even just like, again, a few hours away from me. Um, but just to see how expansive everything was and how small I am and how huge time is, how the time-space continuum is so gigantic and that we are just a tiny, fleeting, microscopic, tiny little part of it. It was what I think my soul needed. 
Um, truth be told, it wasn't like such a transformative thing that everything was solved in in that uh, moment. But it was 100% a step in the right direction. Um, and then the next morning, we freaking went to the sand dunes, the mesquite sand dunes, which is a, a pretty expansive area within Death Valley that's just Again, you look like you're in Casablanca. You look like you're out, you know, in the in the Egyptian dunes. And I had never experienced sand dunes like that in my life before. And it was just such a glorious sight to behold. It was such a beautiful experience to have watching the sunrise over the sand dunes and then um, experiencing the freaking bitter-ass cold and taking those steps and seeing where all these tourists had kind of traversed the lands and they had walked and left their shoes shoe prints and then also seeing where the sand was completely untouched and being the trailblazer i mean there's so much symbolism there um we walked and walked and walked and i you know i was freezing and um hungry and all these other things and tired we hadn't slept we slept in a, a van um, and brought like sleeping bags and stuff and just slept side by side on the floor of a van. But it was freaking freezing and we were not ready for how cold it got. So I think I got really, really crappy little sleep. But that's part of the experience. But again, I was tired. So when I was out in the sand dunes, I didn't think I had the energy to go that far. I ended up being able to run. Like we walked really, really far. We walked uphill. If you have ever gone running at the beach, y'all know that that is some tiring movement, okay? Like, your muscles are engaged in a different way. It is very, very uh, cumbersome, and, like, it requires a lot of energy and muscles to, like, move through sand. But we just kept going. You know, like, we're like, there's another dune. Like, let's go. That looks dope. I want to go there. And having all these, like, epiphanies along the way, I was recognizing, like, the patterns that the wind made and um, just seeing how quickly the wind would take footprints and make them change. So it made me, honestly, I could translate this to the nerdy part of like how this made me think of our tech platform. But in general, it, it gave me, again, perspective in life that nothing is permanent, that time changes a lot of things. But um, you can also make marks and things shift and they transform um, in ways that are out of your control as well. So it was... It was a really, really spiritual experience. It was a really, really beautiful trip. And thank you to James. I call him Hungi. Um, thank you for being a good friend and for uh, listening and for sharing. And it was a really, really good experience. Is a really good experience as co-founders of a company and as, as a product, as friends to to go there and to like take space individually. And with each other because we're on we are sharing this journey as like company co-founders, but we're on very different paths and different places in life. Um, so there was a lot to learn, but it was just such a great experience. And I, out of that, I do think that it was a huge, huge, huge leap in the right direction emotionally for me. Um, I proceeded to go through some further like emotional transformations. I spent the following weekend in Seattle. So I went from friggin' uh, the desert sidebar. We started the trip by going to Venice Beach because we want to start at sea level. So we went to Venice Beach and then we went to Death Valley. And then we ended the trip actually in the Los Angeles mountains because um, I wanted to go there and kind of like be very extra and symbolic and go to the 
one of the peaks and pray and seal in everything that I had learned from the Death Valley trip. Then from there, 48 hours later, I was on a uh, plane not even 48 hours, 20, 24 hours later, I was on a plane and then I was on my way to Seattle to see my little brother um, and some friends up in the Pacific Northwest and got to hike up at Rattlesnake Ridge, Ledge, is it Ledge or Ridge? Um, the Rattlesnake Trail, that was quite an experience. Um, wasn't supposed to go to that hiking trail and we we botched uh, an attempt to go to another lake that I really wanted to go to, but somehow it didn't work out. There was a lot of snow, the weather, et cetera, didn't allow us to be there. So we pivoted while we were out. And my darling, beautiful brother, Dennis, I love you so much. He was super patient with me and we just rolled with the punches. We dealt with rain, wind, um, a little snow here and there, and then got to Rattlesnake. Um, We were flooded. The trail was flooded. So we technically were like, should we leave? We can't cross this freezing water um, to get to the trail. But instead, after everything we went to, everything we went through to get there, we decided to just say, screw it. We dealt with it. So we actually (sighs) walked through the coldest water I have ever, ever encountered in my life. And we took off our shoes and socks and um, I literally felt the most pain physical pain that I think I've experienced by walking through that freaking water. I don't know how many feet across, like what the distance was, maybe like 30 to 40 feet, but it felt like an eternity. And at at the midpoint, I literally couldn't feel, I my brain and my feet were not communicating. So even though my feet were in so much pain, they were blocks of ice and I couldn't move forward. And it took every last shred of energy within me to direct my foot to get up and move forward. And I am totally just like leaning into the drama of this because it was really meaningful to me. Moving my foot through that freezing water and getting to the other side with sharp ass rocks underneath, you know, like poking my, it, it was so excruciating. It just was, okay? And if you saw my Instagram story, you heard me crying about it pretty profusely because it hurt. But that experience was pretty much a very literal manifestation of how I felt emotionally at the time. Every moment felt painful. It felt impossible. It felt like I don't know how the hell I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to move one foot forward. I don't know how I'm going to get, I I still have like 15 feet left to walk. I don't know how I'm going to get to the other side. It literally felt impossible. But somehow through mental fortitude, through, I don't know, my angels and spirits like guiding me, somehow I made it. My little brother was waiting for me on the other side. There are other few like brave people walking alongside me and we're all braving this freezing ass cold water together. And after that, we were free to walk the trail. And I think because of that icy, you know, little river, whatever you want to call it, that had flooded, um, I saw that there were people that turned around and they're like, okay, we'll just hike Rattlesnake another day. And they left. Um, So this really, really popular trail in Seattle was actually really empty. Like it's one of the most popular hiking trails in, in in that area. But we were very lucky and had a really peaceful hike with very few people that we ran into. And um, I don't know, that just felt really symbolic to me. Just like, what what will you take? What will you endure? What will you persevere through to 
go where you want to go and do what you want to do and have what you want to have. I wanted to have a really nice hike with my little brother. Um, I thought he was going to be leaving for the Philippines for the rest of the year. So this is why I wanted to visit him and like spend time with him. Um, and just honestly, with everything that's going on politically and health wise in this world right now, I was, I'm, I'm at a heightened state of just caution and fear, like in a lot of ways. And I wanted to savor every freaking moment. And I was like, just because we have this stupid icy river, I'm not going to not have this hike with him. And we're going to, this will be an adventure. And so, you know, we put on our adventures hat, our adventure hats and just did it. We just dealt with it. And it ended up being such an amazing experience. Um, the view from the top was absolutely breathtaking. Um, and it was, it was just, it was again, one of those feelings, like it was all worth it. And Granted, I've still continued to have <laughs> uh, tower moments or whatever you want to call it. It's it's been still tough since then, but I those two experiences have been a platform on which I can have two solid feet again, um, and I'm learning how to really take flight again. Not even again. I feel like in a different version of myself. Like I don't know. Like. Part of me is how, in so many ways right now, is how how did I get here? I don't know how I got through the last couple months, to be honest. It has been um, two of the hardest months of my entire life. And I've been through some stuff, okay? I've been through some shit, you guys. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. There's, there's stuff that has happened that is easily comparable in terms of intensity and magnitude and destruction and all that stuff and emotional distress. But um, something about this particular moment in my life has been really, really significant. Um, I believe I was brought here to these challenges and to this, to this like weathering of storms for a very specific reason. I know I was holding on to a lot of things that were not serving me, that were not serving the people that I love, that I needed to like literally burn away. I needed to burn those part of me, those parts of me, and I needed them to die. And that's very dramatic, but here we are. You know, I don't care. It is that hard. I'm here to validate anybody who has that voice in their head that minimizes the pain that they go through or how much fear that they have of the unknown. It's all real, you know? I've spent so much time trying to placate myself or minimize, like, how much I've hurt or how, you know, like, justify things or rationalize them or just punish myself and beat myself up for being, like, such a weak person or a petty person. Yeah, you know what? I'm all of those things because I'm a human freaking being. And life is hard. It's not easy. Um... So I want to validate that. That is, that's why I'm here. That's why I have this freaking podcast. It's why I came up with some random intro and it just stuck with me for the last, I don't know, 80 plus episodes of this real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and modern culture. I don't know where I came up with that, but my intentions were always from the beginning that it's real, that it is unfiltered, that we can be ourselves. Like, and I'll start with myself. I will be the example you know, and deal with whatever comes my way because of it. You know, judgment or people not vibing or thinking that it's lame or thinking I'm too spiritual, too emotional, too intense or whatever. I don't care anymore. I just don't. 
There's so many bigger things to worry about. There are so many bigger issues at hand right now. Sidebar, I hope that everybody is doing something to like wash your freaking hands, get some face mask, have a thermometer, get your rubbing alcohol spray and be ready because coronavirus is no freaking joke. And I do not want anybody to be hurt from that or deal with people that they care about hurting because of that. It is it is a thing. Please be careful. Please handle that. There are big things. There are things that I want to do. There are, there are things I want to create and there are relationships I want to build and there are, you know, just memories I want to create. And I'm finally, finally in a place getting up out of all of this chaos that has been completely running my entire life the last couple months. And I'm not expecting it to be a perfect ride. I don't expect that every day is going to be just like upward from here. There will be dips. I'm aware of that. But right now, I'm just so grateful. I am so grateful that I reached this milestone. It was not something that I aspired to do. But now that I'm here, holy crap, it feels amazing. And I didn't know it would feel this good. I just thought it'd be another passing episode. I thought it'd be another thing. I'm like, well, people reach 100 of whatever all the time. You know what? I'm going to take this, take the win. This is a big deal for me. Somebody who struggled with consistency and somebody who struggled with following through and somebody who's struggled with, you know, being vulnerable and like self-worth and feeling like my voice or my story or anything that I had to say mattered. Everyone listening and people who have reached out and um, people who have been there in any shape or form um, with this podcast have given me a lot, a lot more than you realize um, in terms of answering those questions within myself. So thank you. Again, going back to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And with all of this, um, with all the gratitude and with all of the lessons learned and this um, newer version of myself and, and the wisdom, hopefully, you know, that I can really apply to everything here on out. Um, I have every intention of taking this to the to the moon, to the stars. Like, it's, it's there's no going back. You know what I mean? This is only forward. So, um I hope y'all take flight. Whatever I can do energetically um, through this podcast, through whatever, I don't know, sticker that you want to throw on your laptop or your, your guitar case. Um, yeah, whatever I can do, hit me up. Um, I want to be that conduit. That's my purpose. I'm a storyteller and I'm a human <laughs> that's willing to speak up. Um, so I will continue to do that. And I'm not expecting it to be easy, but... It will 100% be worth it. Um, And really quickly before I close this episode out, uh, one thing that I do want to put out there that will come up um, in further episodes as well that has been really, really crucial for me in addressing a lot of the stuff I've been going through lately is inner child work. Now, I will go more in depth in like what that is, but there was part of me that did feel um, really lonely I think that was that's one of the biggest fears and the saddest parts of me throughout a lot of these challenging times was feeling really isolated and lonely. And the thing that um, really struck me about it was that I'm fully aware of how fortunate I am to have so many great people in my life. 
I know for a fact that not everybody has somebody they can just pick up and call or text and say, hey, can you hang out? Hey, I need help. I'm having a really rough moment. Will you, you know, and have them really eager and willing to be there for them. That is a huge blessing. And I'm very, very fortunate for that. And it it really struck me that I was feeling so lonely, especially when I was around other people. Um, And that was a loneliness, a loneliness that I'm imagining a lot of people are are dealing with. And I, I plan to have a really wonderful podcast episode about loneliness. Um, but, you know, it's the FOMO. It's the watching everybody, like, seemingly coast by in their lives, which I know is a lie. But you're just feeding yourself all these falsehoods and thinking that everybody has some leg up on you, that they've experienced more, that they've had better food and better trips and better relationships and better sex and better everything than you. And like, you're just like somehow left in the dust. Um, and I really wanted to start addressing this loneliness. I wanted to address these feelings of, you know, low self-worth and, and the fear and all that stuff. Um, so what that led me to do was to do some inner child work that I really hope that you'll look into. Um, everything's available on Google and YouTube, but it was a practice of addressing the inner child within and understanding what little Minji is struggling with. Why does she feel that? And um, man, I wish I had the article open, but um, the inner child is basically the kid within you because uh, we're very impressionable and we're sponges as children and we go through a lot of different emotional experiences that pretty much shape who and what we become, um, again, un- if left unaddressed, right? Um, that we can be traumatized in certain ways. We can be neglected. We can be insecure or bullied or abused or whatever, like just a series of different experiences that shape us as human beings. A lot of that gets kind of set as, or, or defaulted to at a, at a very young age. So I've even noticed that in myself that when I get you know, extremely petulant or really angry, I felt like I was being a child. And so um, I've been doing inner child work. I did that with my hypnotherapist with Pani Wei. Um, and I met with myself. I talked to her. And I'll share more on this um, in future episodes because I do want to go more in depth. But that has been a key element to helping me progress on this whole you know, self-discovery and self-healing that I've needed to do. Um, because a lot of the things that have been coming up in my life have much more uh, than just, you know, a relationship ending. It 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 kind of just ripped me open in so many different ways. And a lot of even things from my friend committing suicide a year and a half ago and not fully grappling with elements of his death, um, my own guilt, uh, my past with my own family, how I've treated ex-boyfriends, how I've treated friends, how I've um, acted as a leader and as a professional and all these as a friend, you know, a lot of different ways. It all kind of came under the microscope. And so um, doing the inner child work has helped me a lot. I hope that you'll look into it. I hope that you'll take time to like sit with yourself, meet with yourself, comfort yourself, because there's so much that we can do externally. You know, having those support systems around us is so critical and I don't ever want to diminish their value. Um, so value that, honor that, and um, appreciate that. But also know that when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, do it for you. Do it to save yourself. By saving yourself, you can help everybody else around you 
the best way, again, it's that same cliche keeps coming up over and over again because it's real, is that the best way to serve others is to help yourself and like really help yourself. It's not, again, the real love of the discipline is not giving yourself everything that makes you just feel better in that moment because that can be some really toxic self-sabotaging shit. Like we can go on for days about that. Um, But to really give what's best for you. And sometimes the best thing that you need is to give your 10-year-old self a hug and tell them that you have their back and that everything will be okay. I met with my 7-year-old self and my 10-year-old self and my 16-year-old self. I'm meeting literally with every version and even me like right now. And I know this can sound crazy to a lot of people, but if you're open to it, I say just like give it a shot because I used to be very resistant to it, even though theoretically I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like really wonderful psychological and spiritual work theoretically. But when it came to me doing it, I was like, I don't know about this. It seems a little, it's very extra. Um, But once I did it, telling you, I I cannot speak highly enough about it, that a lot of our um, self-sabotaging or harmful behaviors or reactive behaviors come from a place of not feeling like we're enough, that we're not worthy, um, that we're not safe, and you're just acting in fight or flight mode and it's a lot you know um so i will definitely go more in depth i do want to bring on a friend to talk about this um, more in depth and share more stories but that has just been a really good practice that i wanted to put there as a resource to anybody who might be struggling with anything i've been talking about at any point in these hundred episodes um it's been (laughs) it's been wild just crazy for me to see and feel results out of that. Um, but yeah, I talked about a lot more things. Again, every episode, then I'm like, this is going to be 15 minutes. Turns much longer. But again, I'm just, I'm here and I'm going to share my thoughts and feelings. So in closing, thank you times a thousand for all your support, for sharing this with a friend, for leaving me a five-star review for leaving me a review to say hi any words of appreciation um the dm messages and uh the emails the patreon patrons donations all of it i have been so freaking lucky to have so many people contribute to making this whole thing possible um from the equipment that i use to feeling encouraged to like get up in moments of like complete brokenness and still record and like put it out there. None of it has gone unnoticed or unappreciated. So please know that there is more to come. Um, My next week's episode is with my friend AJ Raphael, who is one of my favorite people on this entire planet. Um, And you have been warned, go listen to his stuff on YouTube and you're welcome. He is a gem of an artist and he is an even better person. And we're going to talk and share a lot of AJ's life journeys and his experience being a creative, an entrepreneur, a YouTuber, living on social media, um, losing his parent, a lot of different things that make him who he is. It's it's a really great conversation. So I hope you're looking forward to that. Um, I'll be speaking with my friend Paul Date. We're going to go talk about anger. We had an earlier episode where we get really, really real with our issues um, with our anger. But this is a part two follow up because both of us have become pretty different and grown a lot. Um, so we wanted to follow up on those thoughts. So that's also coming. Tons more. I have, um, again, another episode on loneliness, the inner child work. It's all coming your way. Uh, I feel I feel like I'm, I'm ready to fly. So thank you to everybody. I love you so much. Thank you to Marvin Yue 
my audio engineer and producer. Um, and thank you to Aquafina for use of her song, Yellow Ranger, for the intro. And thank you to Uzuhan for his use of his song, Uzu Trap, for the outro. Um, I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, and that is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. If you want to support First of All Podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast and become a financial backer of this podcast to support me. If you want to make a donation, you can go to first of all pod at gmail.com and PayPal me. Um, you can also just email me to say hi. It's all good. Um, and yeah, go to my website, minjichang.com to find all the things, connections to my my Instagram, my Amazon wish list, whatever. Whatever you want to find, it's there. And yeah, I hope that you have an amazing, amazing week. Be blessed. Take care of yourself. Make good choices. And uh, I will talk to you all soon. I love you. And cheers to 100 more episodes. Bye. Came in 88 with a dream oh so bright eyed. They knew right away, sick of swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's filling these shoes. Balling on a budget at the golden arch of super size number two. Cash. Way that the world ain't budging. Gotta make a power move. Deep in the darkest dungeons. I'm digging up my own rule. Hands on the plow. Keep my head down. Keep my head down. Sweat on my brow. Sweat on my brow. Don't make a sound. Hey, my dudes now. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.